Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. How you guys doing today? You guys doing good? All right. Settle down, man. Calm down. We're still in church. All right? No, I'm joking. We're so glad you're here. My wife and I, and that was my wife, Pastor Lindsay, who hosted us today. I'm excited for Spread the Word. I'm excited for Spread the Joy, excuse me, on December 16th. We are going to bombard our city in three different locations. We are going to make a difference in our city by serving and as well as by giving to Project 1. And so, man, I got to say, my wife and I, we are just honored to serve alongside with you. We're honored to pastor this great church. If you're a first-time guest, again, we just want to thank you for being here today. If you're a first-time We are so glad you're here today, and we try to have fun here at church. Raise your hand if you enjoyed At The Movies all month long in November. If you weren't here in November, um, you can't check it on the podcast because of copyright issues. You can't watch it. There's no way we can do it, so it stinks to be you. But welcome. We're so glad you're here. We're so excited you're here. We just did movies all month long, Hacksaw Ridge, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Elf, and we had a great time at the movies. But how many know this is the best season because Jesus is the reason for the season, and we're excited to do our very first Christmas here at Avenue Church. We're nine months old. It's been amazing what God is doing here at this church. It's incredible. Man, nine months! Nine months, and so we ain't giving birth to nothing, all right? It's just Christmas, all right? So we're excited for what God is doing here at church. I'm going to ask you this. We're in a series now called Christmas at Avenue, Experiencing the Joy of Christmas. So raise your hand if you got your tree up. Your tree is up. Raise your hand if you got your tree up. If your hands, we love you if your hand's down. It's okay. These are just the super safe people, all right? It's okay. Raise your hand if you got like more than one tree up. More than one tree. Two trees. Three trees. Four, five, oh, look at that. Put your hands up. Be proud. Six trees. Oh, my Lord. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. So we got some trees going up, and uh, we're excited for that. We got five trees in my house. I don't know why, but it was fun. It was, it was awesome. And so very Christmassy in there. And we'll get the nog out. We'll have a good time. But, man, we're excited for Christmas here at Avenue Church. But there is a reality during the holiday season. The reality is that we talk about joy and and peace and good tidings, and we talk about those things, but there is a reality that many people are not finding joy in their lives. Many people do not find joy during the holiday season. And it is my goal, it is my desire to walk you through the Christmas story that we find in the gospel, the Christmas story that we find in the Bible. It is my desire for you to walk out of here with newfound joy. Let me tell you this, nothing's going to change externally, but something's going to change internally. That my prayer is today and during the course of this month, as we begin to serve others, as we begin to change our focus, as we begin to turn our eyes to the gospel presentation of the birth of Jesus Christ, that we walk out of here with joy that surpasses all understanding, joy that begins to fill our hearts. How many want that for Christmas? In Jesus' name, all right? So that's my goal. Uh, And how many have ever done a um, white elephant thing, white elephant gift exchange? My family called it Dirty Santa, all right? We were barely saved back then. And so we would do Dirty Santa. And so we would all hop in the car. And I was a young person at this time. I was a teenager, so I was already kind of on edge, you know, just teenagers. Sometimes we get on edge sometimes because we have to pack in the car. We got to go all the way to Grandpa's house, who's about two hours away. And it's a small town. Nothing's going on there. And we would show up at Grandpa's house. And we didn't get gifts that we wanted. It was only Dirty Santa, 
All right? So it wasn't like, give me a gift, give me something I want. It's Dirty Santa gift. And so we would pack up gifts. And I remember, as the gift is changed, we pull up numbers, and it's my turn. And I've been eyeballing presents, right? You can't, can't be too big, because that's going to be silly. It's going to be like a bowling ball or a body. Who knows? And so you got to find something smaller. And so I find this gift. I picked it. And I said, yes, I got it. Everyone's looking at me. And I said, it's, you know, I got this gift. I hope it's good. But I already know, right? We already know. It's going to be something silly. It's going to be something funny, because that's my family. They think everything's hysterical, all right? <laughs> Joke's on you, but like, that kind of hurt, but it's funny, you know? And so I opened the gift, and as the wrapping paper came off, I opened it, and to my amazement, it was a portable CD player with skip, re- skip protection. How many know what I'm talking about? A portable CD player with skip protection. I know there's some people in here like, I had cassette. I know you had an eight track. I understand that portable eight track, right? No, you had a cassette, but there was a portable CD player with skip protection. I said, oh, yeah, yes, God, you are real. My, you, you're, you're redeeming Christmas this season. You're redeeming dirty Santa. I ran out to the truck. I grabbed the CD. I said, all right, on the way home, I don't got to listen to nobody. All right, I popped that thing out. My portable CD player was skip protection. How many remember before skip protection? It was like, your neck, and you're like, stop moving. You know what I mean? What are you doing? I'm listening to my CD. <laughs> right? It skips. Ah, oh, shoot. You know? So I had skip protection. I was so excited. I got the CD out. I ripped open the box. And all of a sudden, I ripped it open. There was a pair of work gloves in there. I said, in the name of Jesus, who did this? Who did this? And my grandpa in his 60s laughing at me. <laughs> and he said, you got work gloves so you can go on the J-O-B. And I was like, grandpa, I... why do I tell you that story? Because so many times as Christians, as Christ followers, so many times as in our daily routine, our daily life, externally we look like we have it all together. Externally we look like, you know what, I am a, I am a portable CD player with skip protection. God is good. Everything's going amazing in my life. But unfortunately, when we really begin to peel back the layers, when we get, begin to open up on what's on the inside, we find something entirely different. We find something entirely different. My goal here at Avenue Church is we're going to have fun. My goal here at Avenue Church is we're going to make church enjoyable. It has to be enjoyed but not endured. But also we got to allow God to do a work on the inside of us. we got to allow God to begin to allow us to experience his gospel presentation. Too many Christians, Christ followers, you and I, we appear to have it all together. But when we look on the inside, it's what counts. Joy reveals your guts. Huh? Joy reveals what's on the inside of you. I thought that was funny or whatever it, but that's okay. Joy reveals what's on the inside of you. And so what is joy? So before we jump into scripture today, what is joy? And I could tell I, I, we are ready for this message today. So here's what is joy. Before we jump into scripture, here's joy. Webster states this. This is what Webster says. Webster's dictionary says, a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. How many like feeling joyful? Raise your hand. How many of you love to have joy? I know there's lots of things that can rob us of our joy. In the car on the way to church, you are not joyful. But when you walk in this building, praise the Lord. You know what I mean? <laughs> lots of things that can rob us of our joy. Even the traffic here in Las Vegas can rob us of our joy. But here's what the Bible says. Joy in the original Greek, this is what it means. Webster says it's a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. But here's what the Greek says. The Greek begins to say this. I'm going to go to my notes here. The Bible says joy is a quality. Joy is a quality and not simply an emotion. 
Joy is a quality, not simply an emotion. It's grounded upon God himself. It's indeed derived from him, and it also anticipates the joy of being with Christ forever and ever. So what does that mean? That means I find my joy not in traffic, not in how everything's going. I find my joy in Jesus Christ alone. That joy is a quality, not simply an emotion. God brings us internal joy. God brings us joy for the holiday season. Joy. Joy is a command. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. See, I want you to understand, Psalm 1611, I love this. You make known to me the path of life. You make known to me the path of life. That so many of us here in this world, we're searching for purpose. We're searching for what God has for my life. God, what do you have in store for my life? Are you even looking at me? Are your eyes on me? And it says, you make known the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence. That's why we got to come to church on Sunday. That's why we got to lift our hands and worship. All hell is breaking loose in my life. But on Sunday morning at 930, I can feel joy in God's presence with eternal pleasures of your right hand, that God is here to fill us with joy. Joy is a character. Joy is a choice that we make. So I'll settle down. Joy is a command. Joy comes from the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13 says this, may the, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with the hope of the power of the Holy Spirit. So this Christmas season, I want to encourage you, if you're down and out, this Christmas season, maybe there's a circumstances or a situation or a memory or something in the past, I want to encourage you today that remember that God is the one who fills you up with joy. Fills you up with joy. Uh, Galatians chapter 5 begins to share that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. So we begin to read Galatians. I love this. It says, Galatians, but the fruit of the Spirit. What's the fruit of the Spirit when you accept Jesus, when you begin to know him? We begin, we begin to, to uh, inherit or carry on these different characters. And so the fruit of the Spirit is, it begins to say this. The fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy. It's peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, being a Bears fan, loving coffee. That's what the fruits of the Spirit is in Galatians chapter 5. Having joy is a part of the Christian experience. That's hard to hear, isn't it, folks? Having joy is part of the experience of being a Christian. Joy shows that we trust God. When I trust God, when I, let me, let me tell you that, when I trust God, that I am saved, I have joy. When I trust in the grace of God that I am forgiven, I have joy. You know what it's like to live a condemned life, to say I can never change, and then you experience Jesus Christ, you're saved, you're forgiven, you're redeemed, you have purpose. What happens? You walk out of here with joy. I have joy in the grace of God. I have joy in the trust of God. I have joy that I am not in control of my life, but God is in control of my life. And that brings me great joy. Okay, tough crowd this morning, huh? That brings me great I am joyful in the Lord. That's one of our values of the A-team. At the A-team, we want to love God, love people, uh, pursue excellence, but we choose 
joy. Why do we choose joy? We choose joy because happiness isn't enough. Happiness isn't enough. So if you're here today, you say, man, I've, I've lost my joy. I love Jesus. It's all good. Maybe you're a first-time guest here and you're checking out this church and you love it. You're going to keep coming back in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. You know, and you say, I don't, I don't have joy in my life. So we're going to turn into the gospel. We're going to turn to Luke chapter 1. And by the time we're done with this series, I hope you know the ins and outs of the entire Christmas story. So if you get your Bibles out, get your iPhone out, Android out. We have free Bibles that we would love to give you if you've never had one or don't have one currently. But we're going to read through the Christmas story. You guys pumped? You ready? All right. Got your Bibles out? This is what preachers do when they need to stall. They go, praise God. If you're there, say amen. Because I'm not. It's digital, preacher. Yes, it is. It's right here. Luke chapter 1. Here we go. Luke chapter 1, verse 5. Many think the gospel, many think the Christmas story begins with Jesus, but it doesn't. Here's what it says. Luke chapter 1, verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. Say Zach. Good old Zach. All right. Here's Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division, where his wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. So they come from a great line. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. So they were blameless. They weren't perfect, but they were blameless. They live above reproach. Verse 7, but they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, for they both were very old. I love the Bible. Why couldn't they conceive? Because they were old, all right? They were both very old. If you're here today and you're old, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay hands on you today. <laughs> Praise Jesus. I'm kidding. All right, calm down. So they were very old. So they, <laughs> someone just mad dogged me over there. That's okay. They observed the Lord's commands blamelessly, but they were still not fulfilled. Listen to me here. We could be living out this Christian life. We could be doing our Christian duty. We could do, we, we, we could be, we could be living, oh, hey, I was like a rap. Huh? We could be living day in and day out, but we could still not be fulfilled. I want to tell you this. God sees that. God sees that. He hears your prayers. He knows exactly where you're at. Sometimes, uh, let me read this, Zechariah was chosen to go into the temple. Notice the Bible didn't say Zechariah raised his hand and said, let me go into the temple by myself. Let me burn incense and worship to God. Let it be my turn. The Bible says he was picked. He was chosen. Zechariah, you go in. And the Bible says Zechariah went in to the temple. Sometimes your greatest miracle, sometimes the greatest thing will happen in your life is when you don't want to go. I've had the greatest experiences with God. I've had God answer year-long prayers when I didn't want to get out of bed and go to church. When I didn't want to get up and cancel my plans, something better came along, I'm going to go to church. There's a new movie out. I'll pay for it. Okay, praise God. I'm going to go to the new movie, right? The greatest thing that's ever happened in my relationship with Jesus Christ is going when I didn't want to. And here's what I know. I know there's many of you here today that you were trying to talk yourself out of coming here today, 
I'm tired. I got a little, little raspy thing here. You know what I mean? Like, it's cold out. It's cold in my house because I haven't turned the heater on because I'm cheap like that. Come on, somebody. You know, uh, it's Sunday. I got to get ready for work. You know what I mean? It takes me 24 hours to get ready for work on Monday, right? I just got to do this. But here's what it is. You showed up here, and the reason why you, had, you struggled, the reason why you had a hard time is because the enemy knows that you're having a breakthrough today. The enemy knows that you need to hear God's word today that's going to set you up for this holiday season. You're going to find breakthrough. You're going to find joy, but he's going to do whatever he can to stop you. He's going to do whatever he can to stop you. The devil is trying to keep you from finding your breakthrough. So let's go. Verse 11. Verse 11. Just so you know, I'm going to read, talk, read, talk, and we could be here forever. All right? Verse 11. I'm kidding. Verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah. So he goes into the temple, and the angel of the Lord appears to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. I don't know about that, but if you show up, there's a ginormous angel. Hello. You're like, ah, don't be afraid. I'm terrified of you. I am terrified of you. Put that sword away, angel. And he says, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your prayer has been heard. Church Avenue, I'm here to tell you, God has heard your prayers. Your prayers have been heard. Don't be afraid. He's not passing you by. Don't be afraid. Your miracle is coming. He says, do not be afraid. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will call him John. I was like, I named my own children, but John. Okay, fine. You will call him John. John, and he will be a joy and delight. You catch that? He will be a joy and delight. Come on, somebody. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. The angel shows up and says, Zechariah, and he goes, ah, and he goes, do not be afraid. God has heard your prayers. I couldn't help. I got to share this. I shared this before, but I used to work for a guy who was really intense, and uh, I, I, he hired me on, and I would run his internship program. And one day I came in and I said, "Hey, pastor, um, you, the, the, the kids and the interns, what that? They're they're kind of afraid of you." And he's like, "What?" I go, "Yeah, um, you know, they they, they get really intense because you're you're awesome. You're a great preacher, a great guy, but you're really intense. And and you know, maybe if we did like a little like party, you know, a little powwow." And he goes. You said they're afraid of me? And he, I'm like, no, see, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Right there, that, that, that whole thing. He's like, what? I go, yeah, so maybe we get some punch, you know, some eggnog in the office. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to throw these things out there. And he goes, nah, uh-uh. And he hits the desk, and he gets up, and he goes to the main area where all the interns are, and he goes, hey, everybody, listen. And they're all like, whoo, yeah. <laughs> One guy, I was like, we'll clean that up later, you know. <laughs> I said, and he goes, listen. And they'll turn, and he goes, from this day on, you will not fear me. And they're like, ah. He goes, yo, you will not be afraid of me. He's like, I won't be afraid of you, you know. I tell you that story because Zechariah was afraid because he was overwhelmed by the angel. Theologians believe that not only was he afraid, because this is quite the experience, but he was afraid that he did something wrong. He was afraid he did something wrong. And Zechariah says, do not be afraid. God has heard your prayers. Listen to me here today. You have done nothing wrong to miss your prayer, to miss your miracle. 
You've done nothing wrong. Sometimes I'm here to tell you I don't like the timing of God. But sometimes the right thing at the wrong time becomes a curse. Do you realize if Zechariah said, give it to me now, and they had received their child named John, that John would later grow up to be John the Baptist. John had to be born at this specific time so that Jesus Christ could be born, so that John the Baptist could be in the wilderness preparing the way so that he could water baptize Jesus. So sometimes the right thing at the wrong time is a curse. God knows the timing. God knows exactly what we need. I want you to know that God hears you. I want you to know he has heard your prayer and joy is coming your way. I want you today, though, I don't want you to say, you know what, I'm going to be mad and upset and angry until it comes. I want you to make the decision today to say, today I choose joy because it's coming. Today I choose joy because it's coming. God hears your prayers. Theologians believe that Zechariah and his wife stop believing that they're going to have a child, so they stop praying. They stop believing, therefore they stop praying. God hears your prayers. Don't quit praying. Don't you dare stop believing. Don't stop believing. <laughs> Hold on to that feeling. Whoa. I'm going to keep going on. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. It says this. Let's, let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good for in the proper time. In the proper time, we will reap if we do not give in. I believe today you'll begin to experience joy when you discover your purpose. You begin to experience joy when you realize that God is in control. You begin to experience joy when we say, yes, Lord, I know you hear my prayer. Yes, God, my joy comes in the morning. Yes, Lord, I'm going to make a decision today to walk out of here with joy. That's why we have growth track. That's why we want to help people discover their purpose. We find joy in making a difference here at Avenue Church. And so maybe you're here in December and you're like, there's no growth track. Shoot, I need to get in. I want to encourage you. Come join our 18 Christmas party on December 8th. Come join us. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be lit. It's going to be awesome. And I need you to come and join us. There won't be any questions asked because there are no exclusive groups here at Avenue. We're all part of the same family. We're all serving the same God. So Zechariah gets the confirmation that God's given him a baby. Exactly what they've been believing for. This is exactly what he wanted to hear. Angel shows up and says, hey, you will have a baby and you will call him John. And here's what Zechariah's answer is. He says, he doesn't say, praise God, you know, like, sweet, high five. This is what he says in verse 18. He asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? Now, I've never encountered an angel before. Um, I've never had an angel just show up. Uh, you know, I've always thought it happened in the shower, right? You're shouting, Jeremy, ah! you know. <laughs> never had this happen before. But if it did happen, I don't think I would say, you know, Jeremy, you're going to have a child. You name him John. It's exactly what you've been praying for. And this is what Zechariah says. Zechariah looks at this ginormous angel from heaven, probably bright and shiny. And he's looking at this guy, came out of, the, uh, out of the altar. Here he is. And he says, how can I be sure of this? You know what he's saying? He says, prove it. Prove it. He says, how can I 
because I'm in control now. I am tired of waiting on God. How can I be sure this happens? You give me the instruction, and I will go make it happen. What can I do to be sure this happens? I don't know about you, but there's a huge thing about facts versus faith. I'm going to start spitting. It's going to get crazy. We don't need a hazer today. All right, It's going to be facts versus faith. He says, I am an old man, and my wife is pretty well. He loved his wife. He didn't even say her age, right? He says, I am old, and she's, she's kind of old, you know. They believed she was 80, and he was 90. I'm an old man, and girl, she still looks good, you know what I mean? But she's well over, uh, she's well over the age of, of child. Sometimes facts versus faith. Facts often distort vision and put us in control. Facts allow doubt to creep in. We say there is no way this is going to happen. Did you know we look at the natural, but God sees the supernatural? I'm preaching good today. We're having some church today. Quit. Here's what Zechariah says. Zechariah says, prove it. Quit proofreading the Bible. Quit proofreading the Bible. You know, my son the other day, I tucked him in the bed. And he says this, he says, um, Dad, how do we know the Bible's real? I said, well, God, we, you know, some we believe in it. He goes, but it's just a book. And I said, well, you know what, I got all Southern, Southern gospel on him, man. I was like, oh, stood up. I said, child, the word, was God. the word was with God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. The word was God. What is wrong with you, son? No, I said, son, I understand, but you're going to have to grow in a relationship with Jesus where you begin to believe. Zechariah, he wanted proof when he should have had faith. But I'm here to tell you, doubt is a normal human reaction when faced with the impossible. It's normal. If you're here and you're full of doubt, so am I. It's a normal human reaction that we have to fight against, that we say, but God, it's, it's this and that. And God's saying, I'm above all that. I could do extraordinary things in my name. That sometimes we get tired of believing that we no longer have the joy of waiting. Sometimes we get tired of believing that we no longer have the joy of waiting. That when we lose our way, we lose our joy. When we lose our way, we lose our joy. So verse 19, this is what the angel says to him. The angel says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and you will not be able to speak until this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true. Did you hear that? You did not believe my words, but they will come true at their appointed time. Jesus said it. I believe it. Yes, I know his word is true. You didn't believe it, so I'm going to silence your mouth. How many want that superpower? Hey, I'm going to do this. Jeremy, that's not going to work. You will be silent until it happens, sucker. <laughs> that God won't silence your doubt. That you will be silenced until this happens. Why did this happen? Because words really do have power. Words really do have power. Our words can bring death to a dream. 
or it can bring life to a dream. Our words can bring joy into light. Our words can bring sorrow and doubt. There is power in our words. And so Zechariah says, how can I be sure this is going to happen? I need you to prove it. And the angel says, I don't think so. Be silent. Some of the best things for us to do is to take a time out. Some of the best things for us to do is to take a step out and say, you know what? I need a time out for a minute. I- I'm about to run my mouth because I'm full of doubt. I'm full of fear. I don't know what to believe, but God gave me a word. I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know when this is going to happen, but God gave me a word. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to be silent. I'm going to wait for God to move. Our words reveal our trust and our faith. Sometimes our words manifest our limits, but silence makes room for God. I love this in the message version. Gabriel says this, but because you won't believe me, you're unable to say a word until the day of your son's birth. Every word I've spoken to you will come true on time, God's time. On time, God's time. His belief was silenced, so he couldn't talk about the promise. His unbelief, he silenced him. I want you to think about this. The angel of the Lord silenced Zechariah because of his unbelief and said, you are no longer to speak doubt anymore until it happens. But you know what the other thing is I begin to realize? He was unable to walk out of that temple. He was unable to say, I'm going to have a son. I'm going to have a baby. But he was unable to speak about the promises of God. We've got to be so careful with the power of our words. My challenge for you today, as the worship team comes on out here, my challenge for you today is let us speak words of joy. Let us speak words of joy. Words of joy knowing that God is in control. Words of joy knowing that your promise is coming. Words of joy knowing that God is in control. Words of joy saying, you know what, God? I don't have to say, how can I make this happen? I I need you to prove it. But we need to say, God, I trust you. I'm a little tired of waiting. But God, I know you're going to come through. I know you're going to break through. But we're going to speak words of joy. But many times we often talk ourselves right out of joyful living. There's power in our words. So the Bible says he was silenced, and he was silenced for about nine months. His wife Elizabeth gave birth to a baby in verse 57. She gave birth to a son. All neighbors and relatives came, and and they saw this baby. And On the eighth day, they went to circumcise the child, and they were going to give the child a name. So everyone's in the house, and all company, and relatives, and friends, and they said, you know what, what are you going to name the child? What are you going to name the child? Of course, Zechariah couldn't talk. And so the mom says, you know what? We're going to name him John. We're going to name him John. The other priest in the house, because Zechariah was a priest, they said, no, 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 no. He needs to stay in the, in the line of being a priest. He needs to stay in this career choice. Let's, he needs to be a priest just like his dad. So let's call him Zechariah. And Elizabeth says, no, I don't think so. You know there is power in who you choose to do life with? You know there is power in who you choose to, have, to, 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 to wed and to marry, to have as a spouse? That Elizabeth said, I don't think so. His name is 
John. And they said, whoa, calm down, lady. Let's talk to dad. All right, let's give dad a tablet. Let's get him something. Back then it was a tablet. He was like, chisel that thing, huh? And so, yeah. And so, no, not really. And so they gave him a tablet, and he began to write on it. And he wrote, his name is John. Something happened over the course of nine months. And he said, his name will be John. And the Bible says, immediately, immediately, his speech returned. Immediately, he opened his mouth and his tongue was set free. And he began to speak. And he began to speak. He didn't say, well, that sucked. You know, he didn't say, well, that was a long nine months. He didn't say, I like my clothes folded this way, lady. No, he said, after nine months, he began to praise God. He wrote, his name will be John. And he said, Father, you are awesome. God, you are incredible. Father, I realize I have not been speaking joy in my life. I realize I've been speaking doubt and fear that Jesus, we thank you for God of grace, your God of mercy. He wrote, his name will be John. You know why that's so significant? In the Bible, if you ever read about names, names are powerful. Names have to do with identity. Names have to do with what you are going to do or what, who you are. But the original word for, for John, begin to break that down. John's name means gracious God. God's, John's name means gracious God. So instead of saying, prove it, instead of saying, I'm old and I'm tired, instead of saying, I'm just sick of waiting, instead of saying, God, you haven't heard my prayers, he said, my God is a God of grace. He's a gracious God. He's a good God. I can't explain it. I don't know how. I don't know where it's going to come. I don't know when. But my God is a graceful God. And I'm here to tell you today, your God is a God of grace and mercy. That he wants to know, know you more. Have a relationship with you. The Bible says before he formed you in his mother's womb, he knew you. Just like Zechariah, his, his mouth was set free. His tongue was set free. And many of us here today, we begin to experience God. That's our number one step. We say, I need to know more about Jesus. I need to give my life to him. That my God is a God of grace. But the second thing will happen is I believe that God's going to begin to set you free. He's going to help you settle your past and move on to your tomorrow. There's a great quote that I found this week. It began to say that I'm going to begin to speak joy to change my present, to change my present, to heal my past, and to move me forward to my future. I'm going to speak joy. So I want to pray with you today. Because I want us during this holiday season not to say, you know what, this happened last year or five years ago. You know what? This hasn't happened yet in my life. I want us to walk out of here today saying, I have joy because my God is a God of grace. He is a gracious God, and he loves me. Will you stand with me, please, real quick? And I would love to pray with you today as we close. 
Father, I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you. You're a God of grace. You're a God of mercy. Father, I thank you today for the story of Zechariah. Father, personally, I'm, I am encouraged that Zechariah was a man just like us. That Zechariah was afraid, but also he had doubt and he had fear. Now, Father, I pray for many of us that are here today that maybe, maybe we're living life in doubt and we're living life in fear. That, God, I pray you begin to encourage us today, remind us today that you are a God of grace and you are a God of mercy. Remind us today that you do hear our prayers, that joy is coming and joy is here. That, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that let this holiday season, I even want to uh, take a, a step further. In 2018, may this be a year where we find joy in the Lord. Maybe all hell is breaking loose. Maybe things are not going according to plan. But today, I will make a choice to use words of joy. Today, we decide together as a church to choose joy. Now, maybe you're here today. You just feel far from God. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, I can't remember the last time I had a joyful day. I can't remember the last time I didn't allow my external circumstances to dictate my emotion. Maybe you're here today and you were close to God at one point. And maybe today is just a simple reminder where God's saying, I want to have a relationship with Maybe you once grown cold with God. Sometimes it just happens little by little. The Bible says that Zechariah just went to the temple. He, was, he lost his purpose. He lost his joy. Someone is all the prayer, prayer today. It's a prayer of salvation. It's a prayer of saying, Jesus, help me to find my joy. Jesus, I give you my heart. For some, I, hope, I, I pray it's the first time you, you give your heart to Jesus. For some of us here in this room, we might say, hey, God, here's the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my heart. and I need you to rearrange it. I need to put it back on the inside of me. I need hope again. I need to know that you hear my prayers. I need to know that in your presence, I will be filled with joy. I need to know that when I walk out of this building, I can choose joy today. So I want everyone to pray a prayer with me today. Then we would love to pray with you. And I encourage you, will you step out today? Will you allow someone to pray with you today? And watch God begin to heal your heart. Watch your speech change. Watch your words change. So I want everyone to pray this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me right where I'm at. Today I give you my life. Forgive me for allowing the world to rob me of my joy. Today I choose joy. Jesus, you were raised to life now raise me to new life. And today, I choose to follow you all the days of my life. I'm a believer. 
And today, I choose joy. In Jesus' name, we give God a praise today. Come on, give him a hand clap. Now, if, you were, if you're here and you prayed that prayer for the first time, it's dark in this room, all right? But if you prayed that prayer for the first time, why don't you just raise a hand and put it back down? We want to celebrate with you. We're not going to point at you, single you out, but we just want to say, yes, you made an awesome decision today. If that's anybody, real quick, I'm scanning, and so we're excited. We give God a praise today. That's awesome. Here's what I want you to do. Prayer team, I want you to come up forward. We have an amazing prayer team who would love to pray with you. So prayer team, make your way up to the front. Some on the sides. We're going to jump into this last song. We're only going to take just a couple minutes. I want you to come front during this song and to say, will you pray with me? Will you pray with me? Will you pray with me? We love you guys. Join us next week. Remember, next Friday is the Christmas 18 Christmas party. So we love you guys. Come on.